Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You know, you younger workers, you millennials and such, you want your, uh, I'm talking to you, Dave. Yeah, I'm listening. You want your company to provide you with wellness. <laughs> I need wellness well, options. I picked the wrong company if I value that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just slamming Odyssey. We were right supposed to get a ping gate. pong table in that empty spot outside of Brad's office. Whatever happened to that? I'd play some ping pong out I'd there. I'd play some ping pong. Yeah. Chad Harmon says he's the best ping pong player in the building. <laughs> I would destroy all of you in ping pong. Really? Let's go right now. Yes. I'm, There's I'm no not chance that Chad could beat me in ping pong. But I'd, I'd pay to see you and Chad <laughs> I'm in, in a go. shirtless match. <laughs> nope. We used to play ping pong where you'd put the shirt over your head. If oh, you, yeah. And then I forgot what you call it. Yeah. And then, and then the, you'd have to stand there and the other guy gets to whack a ball yes, at you and yes. it hurts. Oh, what was that? There's a name for it. Somebody will remind us. 651-461-9226. Uh, the well, back to the wellness topic. Many companies attract their employees by promises of wellness. And I don't mean to be, you know, like mock it because I do absolutely think there's a place for wellness. Um, but a startling new study from a, a British researcher, researcher um, reveals that they don't do a damn thing. Study published in uh, the Industrial Relations Journal, of course, I'm a subscriber to that, considered outcomes of 90 different interventions um, with workers who are involved with whether it's wellness solutions, mindful seminars, massage classes, resilience workshops, coaching sessions, or even sleep apps. And the survey responses for close to 50,000 workers, 46,000 workers, revealed that employees who participated in those activities were no better off than the colleagues who did not. David, does that surprise you? Uh, uh, no, not really. I think that makes sense in the sort of changing world of work that we live in. That doesn't surprise me. Really? <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm laughing because... <laughs> I, I was do, I was doing something else. Oh, I you have no I, idea what I my have question. No is. idea what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> but I thought that'd be a good answer. Hey, you're you're looking at the best at that. You know how many times over the last years, ten years, where I've been on with Chad Arman, where he's asked me a question and I've had no clue what he says, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, that's. Um, I guess I am kind of surprised by that, but it doesn't. Not surprising, but I guess nonetheless uh, shocking. You would have bought it if I kept it. I totally would have bought based it. Based on it, too, but I couldn't give yourself up. Face. I have no idea. I was I was doing something else. Wow. I was doing a podcast. The guy even. Do you want to ask me again? You want to ask the question again? Yes. Okay. okay. So, wellness <laughs> companies that provide employees with wellness options, whether they're, you know, mindfulness seminars, coaching sessions, yeah. massages in house, mm -hmm. ping pong tables. So, this British organization did a study of nearly 50,000 workers found that 
those workers who participated in those programs were no better off mm. than the people who did not. Hmm. That leads us to believe that, that it's they don't a, work. It that it's like a they, lot of lip service. Yes. Right? That it's consultants saying, oh, yeah, here's something. Here's a, if you hire our company to, uh, you know, teach your, uh, teach your employees how to, uh, you know, balance their life, that you'll get better productivity. Well, I think the lie in that is that workers, you know, you hope that workers who don't take care of their minds and bodies and, and should do some of those things, now that they work in an office that provides them, will do that. And I think even an employee goes, I don't work out much, but oh, my new job has a new gym. Well, maybe I'll work out more. I yeah. think the reality is if you're somebody who's going to work out, you're going to do, do it. Anyway. Whether your work has it or not, if you're somebody who's going to seek mental health treatment, you're going to do that whether or not your employee offers it. And you just are that person or you're not. And whether your employer is offering it for free, it might be a nice perk. It might be I might choose one employer over the other, but I don't think it's going to move the needle because your behavior is set whether or not your employer is offering it. So this group investigated 90 different interventions or 90 different opportunities for employees to improve their well-being. One of them did prove to be effective. Any guess as to what thing that a company offered that was effective to the well-being of their employees? And it's something we we should all take a lesson in. My first guess would be offering some sort of healthier, like food or beverage offer. Offer? Nope. nope. Okay. Workers who were given the opportunity to do charity or volunteer work oh. did seem to have improved well-being. Huh. Okay. That I can totally understand. That. Really. And as somebody who every year I tell myself, especially with the hours I have, I need to step up and do some charity yeah. work or volunteer work. That reiterates it because. We had an event here at WCCO, cleaned up a park last uh, last fall. You weren't there. I was not there. See, but if I want to do charity work or I kind of want to do it on my own. Mm, yeah, okay. Yeah, no I, offense. I, I, I don't yeah, want to see that. you there. Because mm-hmm. then it's like, Thanks. well, then people would judge me. Like, you know, Adam, you didn't pick up as much as everybody else did. <laughs> but, but you want to work in an employer who affords you the opportunity to go yeah, and it I'm, on your own. Oh, I think this company, but I don't even need, like, just my hours are based on where I don't need to say, hey, I'm going to do a two-hour show tomorrow because I'm going to go clean up trash for the third hour. I have the opportunity. The hours of my job provide me that opportunity. And I don't, I guess, do you need the company to do that for you? I guess if you do, though, if you have an eight-hour job, you work 40 hours a week, let's say, and your company says, you know what? We're going to allow our employees an hour off a week or two hours off a week to go work uh, at a charity. Um, bravo to companies that do that, by the way. And from this evidence, it looks like it works. Yeah. Yeah, that's, honestly, that surprises me that that improves morale or whatever they're mm-hmm. saying it does in employees because I don't know. I mean, do people really take advantage of that? It seems kind of, kind of a token thing at a lot of employers. I'm wondering if for the same reason you said and the same reason that I argue why majority of them don't work, that people, employees view those as just lip service from the company or something that a consultant told them that, hey, we've got, uh, you know, here, here's an app you can use and uh, we'll pay for the app or we'll pay for uh, that. People just kind of roll their eyes at that. But if a company is saying, I'm going to give you an hour off or two hours off to go whatever charity you want to do, or if it's a charity that uh, we sponsor, I think maybe you look differently at your company saying, you know what? 
they really do care, not only about me, but about the greater good. Uh, curious, 651 Jump in on this conversation about this. Does your company do anything uh, wellness-wise that you absolutely feel like it helps you um, cope with life or feel better about your employer? 651 because this study says they don't work. Maybe you disagree. Uh, let's find out next. Okay, we'll finish up this conversation on whether or not a wellness programs work, but we stumbled upon a better topic, which is what is your technique for when you haven't listened to someone and they ask you a question, or what is your technique to passively, aggressively test if somebody's listening to you? Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. I've got both, uh, but we'll get to that. But just on the topic of wellness, uh, somebody says B is in B, S is in S. I think another radio show used to make that famous. Uh, when people are away doing wellness retreats, somebody else has to pick up their slack, get back to work, America. I'm retired now, but while working, there was a chair massage offered once a week. That 15 minutes made a difference, plus helped decrease my stress level. And we had Weight Watchers at work. The access helped. Lots of successful weight loss among those participating. Guy says here, my company gives us one free lap dance at King of Diamonds a month. So what what is it for you? How do you uh, either ensure somebody is listening to you or how do you fake it when uh, usually this is going to be a spouse thing, I think. When either your wife or your husband Says, did you hear what I said? How do you get out of that? Now, Dave, we should re- uh, we should have replayed the tape there because you did a very good job. So, uh, again, this was last segment. I asked Dave a direct question about what we were talking about on this wellness, and it was so exciting to him that he completely checked out. And Brad Lane came in and pointed out you were just 10 seconds beforehand, you were engaged in the conversation talking about how we should get a ping-pong table. And then in the next question, you totally blanked, but you provided an answer that would have, I think, many of us, and me included, believed you had heard my question and were giving a legitimate answer. And it used to happen to me all the time on the uh, Noon to Three program. For some days, and Chad will get behind this where I just was kind of checked out. <laughs> and he would ask me a question, and I'd be, he would always argue that I'd be looking at videos of uh, animals exploding. And he would ask me a question. I'd have no idea what he asked me. And then you just kind of, well, you got to, like a politician, you just got to give a general uh, kind of, well, you know, that's a good point. I don't know. Sure, I'm not sure I agree with all of it, but uh, I can totally see how somebody would have that view. Usually that would get you through it. So what is your technique to either test if somebody's listening or uh, fake your way uh, as if you have been listening? <laughs> Is that what you do at home? Have you, has that happened to you at home, Dave? Uh, sure, that's happened to everybody at home if you've been married long enough. Yeah. I, do, you well, t- what, do, you just, do you just fall on the sword? You know what? I, am, I was distracted by something. I was not listening to you. I'm sorry. 
Well, hold on. Are we? Is this conversation like an earnest conversation about what you should do to have a better marriage, or are we admitting what we actually do? Because admitting very, what we very actually, okay. No, that's I guess that I guess that's what we should do. Yes, we should, but most of us don't. I well, okay. What I just did. If you know the general topic, then you can give a pretty generic answer, which Correct. is what I did to you. Yes. Oh, given the current workforce, um, but if you really have no idea, I think you have to try to. If you don't want to blow your cover, you start asking questions where if you can ask a question that's sort of broad right. broad enough to get them to continue to talk because yes. you probably do know what the topic is and you can guess what they're getting at once they keep talking about it. So, well, I've been going back and forth about that. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> about putting our kids in school? <laughs> What do you mean back and forth? Well, about like which school we should go right. to, and I've really been thinking about that. You know, you can kind of get get back into it that way. See, I, this happens to me all the time, and I, I'll admit, 651, by the way, if you want to chime in on this conversation, because I know you're dying to. 651-461-9226. Maybe you've got a great example of how, the, how this has transpired in your life. I am a notoriously poor listener. I'll just admit that. I am like a cat. I get distracted by shiny objects, and the thing is, is like I can get distracted easily. Also, I do have uh, – my hearing is not as good as it used to be, where if my wife is not looking directly at me and talking, generally I'm not understanding what she's saying. That fault is on her on that one. If she's in another room and telling me something – there's zero chance I'm hearing her and understanding. I just hear this. <laughs> it's like the, the teacher from Charlie yeah. Brown. Um, but I will admit there are many times she'll be talking to me. And again, whether it's the phone or something on TV or me just staring out the window, I'll <laughs> stop. <laughs> and then she gives me the test. She'll just quiz me. What did I just say? <laughs> and what was I talking about? And I just try to find that one word. Oh, you were talking, you know, uh, about... Um, you said something about your sister, right? Something about sister, yeah. <laughs> so that that doesn't work. So I just have to come clean and say, you know what? I wasn't listening. I, I, I failed to provide my full focused attention mm-hmm. on you. And I'm, I'm sorry. If I am trying to test somebody, so if I think that you're not listening... Or my do wife's not listening. Uh, now, is that – okay. To me, that's awfully passive-aggressive. Oh, Instead of just saying, you know what, you're not listening to me. I already said we're talking about what we actually do, not what we should do. So, yes, that's not the right way to do it. But if I'm going to, I say I keep the same tone of voice. Because you can't yes. like – you can't go, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to keep the same tone of voice. And then you say something – Outlandish. Yes. You go. I killed well, the guy. I was on the thinking way about. Yep. Um, I was thinking about our ski trip in March, and I really think that's the wrong move. I think Antarctica would really be a better option for our family. Um, and then you just keep going on. And if obviously, if they hear you say Antarctica, they're going to respond. If they yes. don't, then you've proved that they're not listening. That's what I do too. Yeah. So I killed a guy on the way home. Yes, way yes, home. exactly. Like I drove into a ditch. It's, it's, it's no big, guy, a lot of blood, blood on the hood, but and then even was, then, though somebody hears the word like "kill," yes, blood, blood, like that's going to sort yeah, of yours pull you good. out of you've the kind trance. of you've enveloped your uh, fib into like a a believable uh, paw, uh, yeah, uh, uh, sort of a plausible, plausible. Story, that's yeah. the word. Yes, um, that's because I'm a very good passive aggressive Minnesotan. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, somebody says here, uh, what's your technique for uh, either testing somebody's listing or faking like you have been listening? Somebody says, I fake a heart attack. Yeah, that always works. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think you do that if somebody's not listening. You fake the heart attack and see if they really. Of course, that one, you're, you're in danger of uh, crying wolf. Because then when the big one hits, <laughs> uh, your significant other will just look at you writhing on the floor and saying, see, you should have listened to me. <laughs> Six five one four six one nine two two six. What's your technique for faking listening or uh, faking uh, like you uh, uh, or testing someone whether or not they've listened? Your responses and uh, a thing on group chats that I want to get to next on CCO. That was a good answer. I think that was pretty yeah, good if for I not knowing anything you know about what? the topic. If I wouldn't have said really and yes. like doubled down on the question, you probably would have probably yeah. would have moved Kept right a straight along. face. It would have been fine. You were yeah. It was very good. It was a very good uh, answer to a question. You had no idea what the question was. So it brings up a topic. What do you do if uh, a friend or a significant other or a pastor or a father or a mother or a child is asking you a question? How do you fake it? Do you fake it or you just say, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. Can you repeat the question? For me, I just always rely on my heart bad hearing. I'm sorry, I don't hear. I used to say what all the time, and Jennifer didn't like that. So then I changed it to, I'm sorry, what was that? (laughs) And I had to condition myself into doing that because my what was always a little aggressive. Mm -hmm. And I can see that. It's my frustration with not being able to hear. But I said, what? And it sounds like that's kind of an aggressive way to ask that. Um, I think it is. I mean, we've been having fun with this, but it's a real problem when our lives get busy and you have kids and work and the line between work and not work is blurred. So sometimes you're at home and you're trying to text and email and doing all, and then your spouse thinks it's time to talk about a serious issue and you are in the middle of something else. And it's, it it can cause conflict can cause a problem. And that's it. I mean, it seems foolish or a little over the top, but sometimes we probably need to say, you know what? We have to talk about something. Boy, those are words you do not want to hear from your significant other though. Hey, we need to talk. But if we, I mean, if we were all better at marriage, right. we would find a better way or we'd say, hey, every night after dinner, let's, you know, let's actually put everything away and like connect for 10 minutes yeah. about the things we got to connect about. But it's it, it's hard to do that. Marriage is hard. Yes, it is. Thank you. I'm on number two. Trust me. Uh, my wife says my wife will always test me to see if I'm actually listening. By the way, you can chime in six five one four six one nine two two six. My wife will always test me. To see if I'm actually listening by dropping things like something very risque or saying we should buy a new computer, both would get my attention immediately if I am listening. Uh, that's a good one, too. Uh, my test is when we're uh, using, I'll be in the same tone of voice, always finish the sentence with, then the world blew up. That usually gets their attention. Not always, though, especially if uh, you're trying to be deceitful by using that same tone of voice. That's a good point, though. If we, and maybe you do this at home. Maybe you say, whether it's dinner time, but that's the thing. It's like so, so few of us now actually are sitting down to have dinner. And that was the time where we would talk about our day and say how things are going. Now, usually it's like, okay, what, how much time we got? Let's eat. Uh, we're eating over the kitchen, uh, the island, or over the kitchen. Uh, we're eating on the counter. Yep. And we're... Somebody's on the phone scrolling, and we're trying to talk to each other. And inevitably, somebody's feelings are going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. It's an eternal struggle, I think, for families with ever-changing activities and um, even personalities and attitudes in the house to try to actually get some time to connect. And it, it causes problems, I think, across the board. And I can certainly speak for me and my own marriage, too, yeah. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Yeah, shut up. Shut up. Jeez. <laughs> That's a no-no. I uh, saw so you pointed out this story. We talked about the Stanley mugs. What was that about a yeah. couple weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The about, tar- Target um Valentine's mugs were correct. flying off the shelves at Target. That now the because I've noticed that I've seen Stanley mugs everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. Uh both daughters actually all three daughters have them. Uh, and I go to these dance competition and everybody's walking around with the Stanley mugs. It's the must-have item. And as sure as time itself, when you have the must-have item, the kids who don't have the must-have item, sadly, uh, can face ridicule. And it just breaks my heart when I hear stories about this because at some point, maybe I was that kid. Well, I know that. Like, like I remember a time when Ever all the kids in my neighborhood, it was it was at the uh, the height of the popularity of BMX bikes, mm. and lots of the kids in my neighborhood had the Haros or the uh, Mongoose, uh, and you like Predator. A, would you have like a Huffy from Target? I didn't have a Huffy. <laughs> I had a coast to co- remember coast to coast hardware. I had a it was just like a generic BMX bicycle from coast to coast. It didn't have the it had the heavy mags. It was very heavy, blue and yellow, kind of a good looking bike. But I remember that I always felt shame with riding it. And then you look back on that and it's like, man, it's hard. It's easy to feel that way, but it's also it's like you don't realize, you know, we're not made of money. Parents, you just not, or you know what they say no to something. You don't have to have the thing that everybody has. I bring that up because you pointed out this article with the Stanley mugs. An Ohio mom is bringing awareness to bullying at school based on whether or not a child has a name brand Stanley Tumblr. Uh, Mom Dana Matika made a TikTok video that went viral saying her nine-year-old daughter was teased at school by other girls because she had a knockoff Tumblr from Walmart and not a real Stanley. Uh, Dana says she bought the tumbler from Walmart for under $10, the cheaper alternative to a Stanley, which can cost as much as $50 on store shelves and resell for even more. She said her daughter thought that the tumbler from Walmart was cute and initially happy with the gift, but then she returned to school after the winter break. Her daughter came home upset because other girls made fun of her for not having a real Stanley mug. Her nine-year-old daughter said around 10 girls in her class got Stanleys for Christmas, and they made sure to let her know that this is not a real Stanley, that is a fake, and it's not cool, the mom said, pointing to the knockoff cup. Because her daughter was upset at being ostracized at school, she decided to buy her daughter a real Stanley that cost $35. That being said, she said, before you come at me, if you're a mom, if you're a parent, and you can do something to keep your child from getting made fun of to help fit in, you're going to do it. I'm the sucker. I would do it, too. Like, to me, okay, that's... $25 more than the original cup. To me, that's worth not having my daughter be ridiculed. And I know that's just caving in to the pressure that other kids face. Yeah. But if that, if it's 15 bucks or 25 bucks or $30 for my daughter to, I guess, fit in, 
Am I a bad parent because I'm doing that? Well, that's exactly where my mind goes. And I, I feel like I have less credentials than you because my kids are three and five and yours are in high school. But what I want to say is, oh, when my girls are that age and this comes up, we'll have a lesson about how much this costs and how much this costs. And the products are identical in function and look, and it's literally you, we're going to pay double or triple the price just because this one says Stanley. Yeah. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.